All right, all right. Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Man, it's good to be with y'all today. We made it to December. Here we are. It is it's officially the holidays. For some of you, it's been the holidays for uh, like a month now. But uh, I'm a firm believer in the Christmas tree doesn't go up till December. You know, it's just, it's just the way that we do it in the Dakota house. It's okay if you don't. It's just the way that we do it. So, um, so yesterday we got the tree set up. And uh, we got the type of tree that, you know, whenever you, um, whenever you try to carry it, it just like slices you in half on the, the forearms. I don't know what kind of tree that is, but it's terrible. So uh, next year we're getting a different kind, you know, but, but it's good. This month again is Advent. Uh, it's our new series for December. We're excited about it. Looking forward to the end of the year here and getting into 21. And uh, who knows what's in store for us next year. Right? We're excited about it, you know? <laughs> so uh, it's going to be good. But before we get into today's message, I want to say a couple of things, let you know about a couple of things going on. Uh, number one is that tonight is uh, Impact Night, and Impact is having a, a Christmas party. So where's all my Impact kids at? Come on. All my, all my kids. I'm just joking. Where's my students at? Where are you at? Young people. Four of you. Okay, good. Good. Tonight. Tonight is Impact Night Christmas party. Uh, I believe there's like a, 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 a costume contest, right? I could just read it behind me, huh? Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Impact Christmas costume party. Uh, we were trying to help some people last night figure out what they were going to come as. We had some really good ideas, and uh, they rejected all of them, so I don't know. But, uh, but come have a good time tonight, 4 to 7 p.m. You can drop them off anytime around 4 o'clock and pick them up at 7. It's going to be a good time. Uh, always is, and so enjoy that tonight. Uh, also... Um, as you leave today or as you came in today, you probably saw some of these cards right here, Acts of Kindness cards. And, um, and what it says is something extra to show you that God loves you, and, uh, and so do we on the back. Storthwood.church, and it's got our uh, different cities that we're in. And uh, what I want to encourage you to do is take these cards this month and do some acts of kindness, whether it be buying somebody's food, uh, doing a, you know, uh, buying somebody's Starbucks, whatever it is that you, you could do to, to kind of show that God loves some people t- uh, this month. Uh, reach out and let's just be, uh, let's be Jesus to people, amen? Come on, it's gonna be a good month. But this month we are, again, jumping into this series called Advent. And really Advent, really it just means coming, anticipating the coming of someone or something important. And obviously this month, December for Christians, this is a month that we look forward to the coming, the first coming of Jesus, right? We, we remember the first coming of Jesus and we look forward to the second coming of Jesus. Uh, Casey just talked about it. We look forward to the day of the Lord. And for some, it's gonna be a great day. For others, not so great of a day. But we look forward to the coming of Jesus again on a white horse. And he's not gonna come as a baby in a manger, right? He's gonna come looking a little bit different. Uh, and, And we're excited about that because we believe in him and we believe in his power and authority and that we are covered in that. So, but uh, when we talk about the arrival or anticipating the arrival of someone or something, Um, I think that all of us have been anticipating the end of this year, right? There's been an anticipation in the air. And honestly, guys, I don't know what's what's up with this. Like, we think that just because the date changes, like, something's going to change. But we all know that <laughs> that that's not true. Like, like you know, it's just gonna, it's just we're gonna wake up the next day. It's gonna be normal. It's kind of like on your birthday. You know, you get up the next day and it's your birthday, and you really don't feel any different. You know, it, it might be mental, but you don't actually feel any different. But there is this anticipation uh, that we have for a lot of different things. Um, and actually, 
I've got a uh, bug crawling around on the pulpit here today. Go ahead and get rid of that. Uh, actually, <laughs> that kind of threw me off. I'm not going to lie. It was weird. But uh, the, <laughs> this holiday season is actually one of the most anticipated holiday seasons ever, according to the announcers on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's what they said. But uh, everybody is anticipating this, this end of the season for obvious reasons, but also because it's sort of like a disconnect. It's sort of a disconnect. It has been stressful in so, many, uh, in so many ways this year. A lot of things have changed and are changing. And so every day brings with it its own set of problems and issues. And uh, what we want is we want normal. We want normalcy. For, for some people, a couple of years ago, last year, was, it was good. It was, it, everything was actually running pretty smooth. Not everybody, but for some. And whenever that foundation is shaken, we're looking to get back to that sense of calm and, and rest and consistency. We want consistency in life. And so we look forward to that. So in the church calendar, this season is called Advent, right? Many of you, depending where you grew up, what kind of church you went to, Advent is sort of a normal thing for you. For others of you, you've never heard that word before in your life. But this is really the season that for Christians, we look forward to, again, we look back to remember Christ's first coming and also his second coming. And we also remember that he brought with him true hope and joy and peace and love true hope, joy, and peace, and love. And over the next few weeks, that's what we're gonna talk about to you is, uh, is how Jesus did this. Now, back in the day, the Jewish people were looking forward to the coming Messiah. They were looking forward to the coming king. They had prophecies all throughout scripture that they were looking forward to. They had kind of constructed this expectation of how he would come, what he would look like, and what he would accomplish. And it had been prophesied for generations, And they thought that by him coming, he would establish true joy, hope, peace, all these all these things in their nation, in the kingdom. And and I I kind of I think today we'll see how sort of we feel the same way. We're looking for someone or something to establish some sort of rule or reign that will accomplish these things. And uh, we all want to experience these things. We were created to experience joy and peace and love, all of these things. We, we were created for it. The, w- the way that I look at it is this. When God created the heavens and the earth and he created man, he created us with a, uh, uh, some people say, a God-sized void in our heart where only he could fill, right? And so what happens is in the garden, Adam and Eve are experiencing this, uh, the, this fullness, the fullness of God. And whenever sin entered the equation through their disobedience, there was a break in the relationship between God and man. And those those states of being, those things that God created us to not only need, like desire, but need, were, were, were perverted, were distorted, were removed. And so now here we are, we're trying to create pathways back to those things. We're trying to create something uh, that will fulfill us in those ways. And the problem is, is that every time that we come up with something new to try to fill that void, it always runs out of gas, eventually, right? We talk about, if we're talking about joy or peace or whatever the case is, you know, maybe, maybe you've kind of established some things in your life, like, man, if I could accomplish this, then I'll actually have fulfillment, right? Like, like, like man, if I could get that job, if I could get that spouse, if I could uh, accomplish this thing, I've, I've set this goal, this, this standard in my life to, to get to this point. And if I get there, then this inner void 
this purposelessness, whatever it is that I'm feeling, that's going to be satisfied. And I think the older that you get, the more you realize that that's just not the case. It does not matter who, what, when, whatever you accomplish, without Jesus, there's always this lack. There's always this, this thing, this component that's missing. And I believe that's because God created us to need him, to need him, and that nothing can actually fulfill that. Do you guys understand what I'm saying, right? So sin corrupted us and, and really corrupted our, our ability to truly know God's joy, hope, peace, and love. And today I wanna to talk to you about peace. I wanna to talk to you about how we need peace, we want peace, and, and we're, really we need it. And so kind of to, divine, to uh, define peace for us, it's a state of holistic well-being, both internally and externally. So what does that look like? Well, internal peace is, is a lot of, it has to do with like psychological peace, a state of tranquility or quiet, uh, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, you could be looking at somebody and they could be in a state of unrest and you would not know it because they have a smile on their face. Why? Because there's internal unrest. There's internal uh, 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 you know, thoughts and feelings that are, um, that are attacking them. And so, so it's not all, we can't always tell if somebody's in a peaceful state or not based upon how their face looks because there's this, this internal state. Also, there's this external state of peace. And whenever we talk about that, I'm really referring to social peace, social peace in our relationships with people, in our nation, in our world, uh, all throughout history. You, if you read history, you, you'll see there was, a, there was they were in a time of peace or they were in a time of war, right? For us, we, we honestly, especially as young people, we haven't truly lived through a state of war, definitely not on the home front, right? But, but we, 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 we haven't really encountered a lot of things that previous generations have to the degree that they have. And so, so even for young people, we, we're kind of disconnected with that. I remember years ago, I was driving down Highway 90, and I just had like this moment where I, I'm driving here. I think I've actually passed by uh, Beauvoir, and, and I was like, I mean, just a couple hundred years ago or whatever, like there wasn't a road here. There wasn't peace and calm. This was a place... Of, of war, there, there was things going on. There, were, there was men and, and women who were laying their life down to try to create peace. And of course, I'm not getting into the politics of what was going on at that time. I'm simply saying that it was not a time of rest. But here I am growing up in South Mississippi a little bit later and I have no clue, right? I have no understanding really of, of what it's like to, to hear bombs going off in the, in, the, in the backyard. You know what I'm talking about? So, so we are, we're not really used to that, but we define peace as the absence of war or hostilities, um, freedom from quarrels and disagreements. Come on, y'all and your family. Man, some of y'all are just like, gosh, can we get through this month, right? Can we just get through this month with peace? You know, you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and you're just hoping that everybody just, just don't say anything. Just like this, just watch football. Right, you just turn the TV up louder, man. Right? Why? Because you want peace. You want peace in the home, and so you don't want you don't want disagreement. Uh, but we really just want harmony in our relationships, and we define that as peace. And really, what it is is that we're striving to recreate the peace that was in the garden. We're stri we're striving to get back to that state of of togetherness or intimacy with God in order to uh, to, to attain this peace. So we try to do that in different ways. 
One is we might just retreat from the chaos. We might just retreat from the chaos. We might isolate ourselves individually. For some of you, you do that in your relationships. When things get a little sketchy, you just isolate yourself. You know what I'm saying? I just, just, you know, just back out. Just turn the phone on, do not disturb, whatever the case is. Like, I'm just going to disconnect. And that might be wise for a season, but you know that that's actually not wise long term. To just isolate and disconnect whenever things get a little bit difficult. Other people will compromise what they believe in order to, to get to a place of peace. So maybe there's a disagreement in, with someone or, or a group of people, and what they'll do is they'll compromise their beliefs or their standards or convictions in order to attain a sense of peace, but it's really not a, a good way of attaining that peace. It's not good to compromise your beliefs and your standards in order to, uh, to, to, to attain peace. Others will try to force peace, right? These are the people that, 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 that are the loudest, they're gonna force it. Like, you don't agree with me? You don't, you don't like what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna like overpower you with words, with actions. Maybe even if we're talking about, you know, nationally or over the world, it's war, it ends up in a place of war and unrest. People literally get violent. There, there's a spectrum to this, but some people will force peace. And then there's some who try to just manufacture peace. And that could come through healthy or unhealthy things. A lot of people, they dip into coping mechanisms, right? Some people, they can't, they can't get peace. Their circumstances are out of whack, and so they try to manufacture it through, I mean, they might drink too much, might get into drugs, might get into crazy activities. But then some things are actually labeled healthy. I think in our, our day and age, there's a, a whole movement to new age practices and, and spiritualism as a positive way to attain peace or calm in your life. And the enemy has a whole lot of plans for us, right? A whole lot of tactics, and there's really nothing new, but they work just fine. And so, so we see this, even in this time, in this season, there's a lot of people who are looking for peace. December is a very difficult time for a lot of people in our nation, a lot of people in this room. You know, maybe, maybe you're missing certain people in your life, or maybe you're just looking back at the year and it's been tough, and all of it kind of comes together at this month. But we try to manufacture peace. So we either retreat, force, or manufacture peace. And again, we're trying to get back to the garden. Maybe subconsciously, we don't know it, but we are. Come on, anybody connecting with what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? It's like I'm just trying to get back to that, that place. But where is the source of true peace? True peace. I'm talking like the garden. Like back to Adam and Eve, how do we find that, that, that true peace? And, and I say true peace because there is a false sense of true peace, right? There's a false sense of peace, true and false. And what's the basis of that peace? What determines true peace or false peace? Well, I believe that truth determines that. And uh, <laughs> in this day and age, it's kind of, the, kind of difficult to define truth, Right? Uh, until we define what is truth, then we can't really attain peace, internal or external. And, and I think in our day and age, again, as we see the way that people approach information differently through just, a, we're kind of in a, in a different world now, there is a floating point of truth where truth is subjective. And there's no, nothing that's fixed. And so there's this mentality that, again, 
truth is truth to you and truth is truth to me and we have our own separate truth and that's okay. Let's coexist, right? Let's, let's, let's just find peace. But to be honest with you, it's impossible. It's impossible to have true peace without truth because what are we basing that peace upon? There's a call for truth in our nation. I mean, peace in our nation, right? Like, come on, guys, let's just come together. Well, well, what do we have to do in, in order to come together? Like, like, like what, do, what do I have to compromise in order for that to happen? And then what, what do you have to compromise? And where is the threshold between, between where you're ready to go, where I'm ready to go? Right, like what are we, what are we talking about? So, so we want peace, but who's defining truth that we can then base that peace upon? It's why it's so important for us as Christians to believe that Jesus is the truth, right? And so what he says, we agree upon, and therefore there is peace. But outside of that, y'all, can we just kind of be honest today that there's not gonna be peace, not true peace, not without who defines what is truth, right? And that's just the reality of where we live today. We just can't compromise. Unity and peace are only attainable whenever we agree on what is true. Now, we can be civil, right? We don't have to be crazy. We don't have to throw things around, especially as Christians. But it's difficult to agree on, on something whenever we have different viewpoints on what truth is. But we're in a similar point right now in our world than where the Jews were in their time whenever they were looking forward to the Messiah coming, again, to bring something with him, right? So they were looking for someone to establish a government that would be just and righteous. And for instance, Isaiah actually speaks about this in, in chapter nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born. Again, this is prophetic. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Doesn't that sound like what we want today? Come on. Man, we want, we want peace, we want justice, we want righteousness, we want all of these things to happen. We want the increase of that type of government. And whenever they read these words, they literally saw and thought it meant the government, the kingdom, the earthly kingdom. Now we look back, hindsight's 2020, and we say, oh, that's so foolish. <laughs> Man, I mean, come on, Jesus came to establish a heavenly kingdom. And we've talked about this a whole lot this year even uh, with everything going on too. But, but at the same time, we tend to do the same exact thing today. The same exact thing. Now I have a definition of what, uh, what I think the government should be and, and we all have our opinions of it. But at the end of the day, there's always a higher conversation to have. There's a higher, co which kingdom do we belong to as believers? Which kingdom? We don't belong to the kingdom of this world, especially if the truth that the world is defining is not our truth, right? There's something else going on here. But we're looking for righteousness and justice. We're looking for a righteous government. But who's defining what a righteous government is and who's determining what truth is? Well, for us as believers, it's the Bible. That is, that is our standard of truth. The word of God. 
And I know that different people look at the word of God and, and I mean, if you torture the text, you can get it to say whatever you want, right? Like if you do it, you can, you can bend things and, and make things look a certain way. But as believers, there's a few things that we must stand upon. And this is something right here that I really believe in. I believe that the world is trying to solve moral issues with sociological solutions where only theological solutions will suffice. We have sociological issues, things that are going on. They're moral issues. And we're trying to use uh, 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 people to fix people. (laughs) That has never worked in the history of mankind. And it will never work because we're all messed up. So really, I believe this. I believe that every social issue is a theological issue. Every social issue is a theological issue. And so this whole idea where people say the term separation of church and state, really what they mean is keep your theological stuff out of politics or out of this. Like, like, like as Christians, it's impossible to remove that. Like the... Like, I don't, have a, I don't have a theological compartment of my life, and then I have a, a, a societal one. <laughs> it's together. So, like, how I view the world is, is the same way that I view my own life. It's the same way that I, I view the word of God. It, it's all married together. And so when we talk about what we're talking about today, we need peace. How do we get peace? And for believers, it's not just a societal conversation. It's a, it's a theological one. Whenever we start talking about what Jesus brought and how he brought it and how that translates into our conversations today. But for Christians, we are called to peaceably and lovingly navigate these tensions and conflicts, right? And a lot of people take what Christians are and they, they almost say, you know, as a Christian, if you have any sort of confidence in what you believe, that you're arrogant. It's like, no, that, that's not the case. But we have this tension between what we believe and how we're supposed to communicate it. And, and some of these scriptures I want to mention to you sort of create this tension. Uh, you know, after all, Matthew 5 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So we're peacemakers, right? But then he, then he prays, Jesus prays in Matthew 10, don't think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. <laughs> Is Jesus discounting what he said before? What is, what is he talking about? Then we got 1 Peter 3. Let him, this is really talking about believers who have been exiled and are being persecuted. It says, let them seek peace and pursue it. So now we're talking about people that are being persecuted, that they should actually seek peace and pursue peace. Luke 2 says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom, with whom he is pleased. Now, most of the time we just say, peace among earth, peace. Well, it says peace among those with whom he is pleased. So when we talk about the Christmas story and we talk about peace, there's this exclusivity of who will experience peace on earth and what, what we're talking about here. See, see, you see how there's different forms of peace and different approaches to to peace, it's just not that simple. So where does that leave us? Well, I believe there's a, a peace that the world offers and a, poli- a peace that Jesus offers, and many times they aren't synonymous. It's not the same thing. That basically Jesus' coming was not coming, was not going to bring unity to everyone. 
Because as Jesus was the truth, not everyone would accept him as that, and therefore there wouldn't be peace. You guys getting a little bit confused yet? Feeling the tension? You see, Jesus is uniting to those who accept him and yet dividing to those who reject him. And we talk a lot about the gospel and how the gospel is, is so inclusive, and it is. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, what he has done and accomplished and what he is continuing to accomplish is for everyone, but it's also exclusive in that it does not, the, the fruit of it, the, the results of the gospel do not apply to those who don't accept the gospel. So God is love, absolutely, he accepts, he brings peace, all of these wonderful things, but, but, but truly, <laughs> he brings it to those who love him and accept him. And so where the gospel, the good news of Jesus is so uniting in one sense, it's also extremely dividing in the other. And that's why there tends to be, some people would call the Christianity to, and, and the gospel to be a divisive religion. And I would say, no, 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 it's not divisive. It's truth. It's true. And not everybody accepts truth. So in order to understand the peace that Jesus brings, we need to take a, just a quick view of the, kind of the, a deeper view of the word peace. In Hebrew, the word is shalom. And in Greek, it's erin. And it, it's kind of, there's this underlying understanding of it. And it, and it means to restore or to reconcile. So think about peace, not as whether people are yelling at each other or not, but as things being restored or reconciled. Now, now we start getting a different picture of what maybe the word of God was really meaning. Things being set back properly. So, so with Adam and Eve, if the garden was the right way, the correct way, the pure way, the, 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 the true way, right, that we were supposed to uh, interact with God and be fulfilled in him. But then there was brokenness. Things have been broken because of sin. And now, you know, we're, we're here. We're not necessarily saying that peace means a progression into something else. Honestly, I look at peace being, being reconciled back to the original state, how it was supposed to be all along. And so what happens is, is we start using tools and, and methods to try to create some sort of new form of peace, of, of, of you know, re restoration, and it just doesn't work. Why? Because it was never meant to work. It was never meant to work. So how do we get reconciliation with God? What does this look like to be reconciled and restored? Romans 5.1 says this, since we have been justified by faith, come on, believers, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, see that, that's a completely different definition, perspective, hope for peace, what that looks like. And this version of peace is not what a lot of people are looking for. Like, some people get more excited about peace on earth in regards to a nation or a people, and they're not really looking forward to reconciliation with God. 
And as believers, we understand this, and this is, this is our source of peace through the coming of Jesus. This is how we find peace. And, and this is also the message of reconciliation that we talked about just a couple of weeks ago, or last week, that we've been given this message. And I'm talking to the church right now. You've been given this message of peace. So when people talk about peace, 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 you should begin to ask, well, what kind of peace are you talking about? Are you talking about true peace or just like a temporary type of peace on this earth? Because for me, when I talk about peace, I'm talking about a higher thing. I'm talking about a biblical type of peace. The type of peace that Jesus brought with him whenever he came to this earth, his first coming, right? Lived a perfect life, died a terrible death in order to reconcile us back with himself. That's how the gospel of Jesus is the gospel of peace the gospel of reconciliation. True peace is reconciliation with God. Does it make sense? I want to read as we wrap up this last scripture in John. It says, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Because in the world you will have tribulation. So pause right there. Jesus says, in me you will have peace. But I'm going to give you a heads up. You're going to encounter tribulation. There is a disconnect for a lot of people when it comes to a relationship with God. And what Jesus has come to accomplish, that therefore right now, because he came, we should be experiencing complete peace, not just temporary peace, but eternal peace right now on this earth. Why is there war? Why is there this going on? Jesus said, you're going to experience tribulation. Like not everything is completely wrapped up yet. However, in spite of that, in me, you're going to have peace. And he says, take heart. In those seasons... Because I've overcome the world. I've overcome whatever you're facing. Whatever addiction you're facing, Jesus has already overcome the power of that addiction. Whatever brokenness you're experiencing in your life right now, Jesus has already paid the price for that sin, for that tribulation that you're dealing with right now. And he doesn't always seek to remove us from the tension, to to remove us from the pain, to remove us from the tribulation. No, 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 but he promises to be with us in the midst of it. And that's true peace. The presence of God walking with us, encouraging us through the thick of it. This is the hope that we have. And this is the peace that we long for. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to pray for you today. We all all come to to Jesus with certain expectations. We, we come to the throne of God with certain expectations. Every time we read the Bible, we come to, to it with a, a certain perspective or a, a certain, ang- certain angle. Maybe it's because of our experiences. Maybe it's just because of the way that our personality is or whatever the case is. We come to Jesus with expectations, not only on ourselves, but of him. But the word of God is faithful. The gospel is faithful to always come up against our perspective, align us, realign us with truth, and then we must change. We must respond. 
We must change our thought process. We must repent of those things in order to come underneath the covering and the understanding of God. And so in this place today, I know that for some of you, even watching online today, there's been moments where maybe something was said that came up against something that you really believe or think, or maybe you're still processing it right now. And I just wanna take a second and allow God to, to speak to us. God, everything that we've heard today, all the scriptures that we've read, God, even this season of, of, of looking back to remember your first coming, but then uh, anticipating and looking forward to your second, God, I'm praying that in all of our lives that you would continue to shift the way that we approach certain things. God, if we've been searching for peace in our lives, but we've been searching for peace in all of the wrong places, in all the wrong ways, God, maybe for some of us we've been retreating, we've been isolating to try to find some place of, of stillness and calmness. For others, we've been compromising our, our standards and our beliefs just to not rock the boat. For others, we've been manufacturing peace. We've been, we've been dabbling in certain things and, and, and for the moment it feels right, but then God, we, just, we have a, a loss of peace following those, those actions. God, wherever we're at on this spectrum, I'm asking that you would speak to us today. Speak to us today, Father. God, help us to realize that, that true peace is only found in you. If you're in this place today and you know that you're far from God, you know that you're not right with him, but today this, this message, this good news that you're hearing, it's connecting with something inside of you. I believe that to be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit draws all men to himself and I believe he's drawing you some of, some of you right now. So if you're in this place or you're watching online, and that's you, and today you wanna to start a relationship with God. For others of you, you maybe have had a relationship with Jesus. It's been a part of your life, but you've, you've sort of fallen away. You know that you're far from God right now. In this moment, I wanna give every single person an opportunity to respond, and if you're in this place today and you're far from God, with everybody with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, I just, I'm just wondering if there's anybody in here today that I can pray with that you wanna to respond today to the drawing of God in your life and you wanna start a relationship, just look up to me and just, just wave your hand. Let me just see. Am I praying with anybody? I see you over here. Yeah. Come on, right here. Anybody else? You wanna receive Jesus. You're lacking peace. But today you wanna to reach out. I see you right here, ma'am. Anybody else? Right here, ma'am. See you in the middle. God's grace is sufficient for you no matter what season you're in, no matter where you were last night, no matter what you've been facing, his grace is sufficient for you. If you raised your hand, I wanna pray with you right now. You can repeat after me or you can pray your own prayer, but you are coming to the throne of God and saying, Lord, forgive me. So right now, let's pray. Say, Jesus, I surrender all that I am to you things that I hide and the things that I want everybody to know about. I lay all of it at your feet right now. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to restore me back to yourself, to reconcile me back to you. I thank you for the cross 
I thank you that Jesus lived a perfect life, died a terrible death, and was raised to new life for my forgiveness. Let me pray for you right now. God, I thank you for those who have laid their life before you. God, who have surrendered themselves to you. God, I pray that you fill them with your spirit. God, I pray that you fill them with peace that passes all understanding. God, that the situations around them might not make sense, but because of this revelation of who you are, that they would encounter true peace. I thank you for today that they have found you. They are saved and redeemed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for those who gave their hearts to God today? Come on, we're... We're gonna give you some instruction on, on some next steps that we'd love for you to take if you raise your hand and you responded today. But for everybody else, I want you to stand to your feet. So today we, we kicked off Advent, right? The coming of Jesus and what he brings to the table. And he has brought true peace. We're gonna sing this song together again, King of Kings. He is the King of Kings, he is the Lord of Lords. And we believe in him, our trust is in him, our hope is in him. And so I want to encourage you as we sing this song to lift up your voice. Come on, don't just stare at the band, but we're going to respond and allow Jesus to to speak to us today and to seal what we've sang today. Amen? Amen. Church, can we give it up for Jesus in the house tonight? Come on. Man, I love 
this Christmas Advent season. They even wore my Christmas shirt, little reindeer and Christmas trees on it. All excited about it, got it ironed up and right. But man, to hear the songs that we sing this morning about peace and about hope and to hear an amazing message from Pastor Jordan about peace. In a time where this world has not seen peace, seemingly we have peace and we have hope in Jesus Christ. I mean, can y'all give it up for Jesus one more time? Amen. If you do not know me, my name is Scott. I have the pleasure of being a part of the Northwood family and a part of the Northwood team. And if there's anything that I know about Northwood team is that we love to hear about what God's doing in your life. And we love to get you connected to the Northwood family. And that's exactly what this next step card is all about. If you're here in the service today, there's a next step card in the seat pocket in front of you. If you're online watching, you can see that next step card at northwood.church forward slash next steps. If you made that prayer today and you said, I want to receive Jesus Christ in my life, we want you to take this card out and we want you to check that box. One of our pastors wants to touch base with you, talk to you for a moment, pray with you, help answer any questions that you may have. But if you've been here at Northwood and you've just been kind of kicking the tires a little bit, or maybe you've been here for a long time and you just say, you know what, I really love what's happening here at Northwood, just like me. I love what's happening at Northwood. I want to be a part of this team. Take out that card, click the boxes online. Let us know your information. Someone will be in touch with you. I want to talk with you and share with you how you can get connected here at Northwood Church. If you're a part of the Northwood Church family, we have two ways that we can give this season. You can give online by northwood.church forward slash give. Or you can click the app. You can hit the very bottom that says give. That will take you to our online portal. Or you can still go old school. You can go snail mail. And you can mail that into us as well. We got one announcement for you. This week is our last week to uh, give for our toy drive for the Canopy Children's Solutions. You bring a gift, a present, a toy for children, boys, girls, ages 2 through 17, and bring that out. You can drop it off in the, underneath the Christmas tree out in the lobby. We're going to be able to bless a lot of students, a lot of kids with a gift this Christmas season. Show them a lot of love this season, all right? Well, that's all I have for you guys today. It's been a great day with us. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you next week for continue our Advent series.